This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. 
So this week, we're going to jump in another topic. Uh, we're going to jump back into uh, God's will. And sorry about the confusion earlier, but I really wanted to show that video because we were in this big hero thing, and many people didn't see, um, I don't know if y'all, who watched Avengers movie? Anybody watch it? Not everybody, so we can't give any spoilers away. So I'll hold on to that until uh, next week. You have one more week to go. Uh, nevertheless, um, we're going to jump into sermon. We're going to come from a particular scripture from John, 1 John chapter 4, of verses uh, 7 through 21. You understand that John at this time was going through a lot. Um, and why was he going through a lot? Because remember, he had the responsibility of caring for Jesus' mother. And remember when Jesus was at the cross, he said, what? Woman, this is your, this is your son and this is your mother. So he, he's telling Jesus why he's at the cross. He's telling John and Mary. They're, they're bonded together now going forward. So at this point, Jesus is, is passing away. But, but John has this responsibility, and he carried out that responsibility until Mary died in Jerusalem. Now, we have the good fortune of being able to go to the place where potentially uh, Mary was until she passed away. And then we know that John at that time went to Ephesus, and there he became the, the head of the church there. Now, John was fortunate enough to live until he was 90-something years old, but he still, he still passed away. But we know John as the apostle of, of love. No one speaks about love more than John. Now, what's interesting is, does anyone know what Jesus named John? So John and his brother James had a name. And Jesus called them, that's right, say it again, sons of thunder. Now, that may sound weird. They're not Thor, right? <laughs> but they're called the sons of thunder. Why? Because in this scenario, when they got their name, they were in a Samaritan area, and two cities rejected Jesus. So John and James said, Lord, they're going to Jesus. Should we call fire from heaven to burn those cities up? And Jesus was like, whoa, you guys are the sons of thunder. And these sons of thunder, one of them becomes the what? The apostle of love. Isn't that an amazing transformation? Going from this one person who's about vengeance and justice now to the apostle of love. That was amazing. Well, let's jump into next slide, please. Um, I got a quote that would jump into the scripture. It says, measure not God's love and favor by your own feeling. The sun shines as clearly in the darkest day as it does in the brightest. The difference is not in the sun, but in some clouds which hinder the manifestation of the light thereof. And what it's saying is you may be going through difficult times right now, but that doesn't mean God doesn't love you any less. You may be facing challenges right now, but God loves you the same. His love is constant. That's one thing we could count on and depend on. Amen? Let's jump into the scripture. So remember, John is now writing. This is actually 1 John. That should be 1 John. If anybody thinks that's the gospel of John, it's not. It's actually the epistle of John. This should be 1 John. 1 John uh, four verses, now we're going to go four through seven, we're going to go through all the way through, through verse 21. And here, John is writing because there are a group of people who have come into the church with false belief, and they're called the Gnostics. Everybody know of the Gnostics? Well, the Gnostics had this weird belief about Jesus and angels, and, and it was the, the world. Now, the problem is when you get people saved, they don't necessarily start thinking 
differently. Like in the church today, there's a lot of beliefs in the church today that aren't necessarily God's belief. And as a result, sometimes churches have to incorporate those beliefs in order to, in a sense, engage with people. And I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying there are churches that do. Now, we try not to here. We try not to incorporate strategies and ideas and philosophies of the world. But when you do that, people get hurt. They get angry. When I first got into the church and started learning about things that I thought were the norm, but they were cultural norms, not biblical norms, I, I got angry. You're, you mean we're not going to do this? We're not going to celebrate this? I thought this was, the, 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 this was Christianity. It, it, it may be cultural Christianity, but it's not biblical Christianity. And what happened here is John is trying to write wrong thinking, wrong philosophies, wrong strategies that in a sense were penetrating the church. Also, there were people who we call false prophets. They were coming saying, this is what God said. And God had not said that. And as a result, he had to address them. But here in this part of the text, he addresses something very specifically. And it's really how we understand or believe somebody is a, a Christian. Now, what do you look for when you're looking for someone who in a sense considers himself a Christian? What, what traits or attributes are you looking for the most? Anybody? Say it again. You read the sermon. <laughs> there are denominations that say if someone is a believer, they're going to speak in tongues. They say if you speak in tongues, then that's a, that's a Christian. There are some people who say, you know what, you do miracles, that's a Christian. Some people say if you have a big house, nice car, obviously you're a Christian. That, that's, what, that's what some people say. And we could go on and on. Some people say because you shout in church, you're a shouter. But it doesn't matter, you go through the parking lot, you cussing people out, you're, you're a Christian, right? Like there's a lot of things that people say, this identifies me as a Christian. In some cultures, it's I attend this church. Some people say, in some culture, it's what's on your driver's license. It says a Christian. And because it says that on your driver's license, Christian, you therefore are a Christian. But biblically, there's something is in a sense very different than what we think a Christian is. And that's what John's addressing. He goes on in verse 7 to say, Beloved, let us do what? Love one another. Now, this word love is called what? Agape. Now, what's interesting here, in the very first two phrases, beloved, and also let us one love another, actually, agape is there twice. So, beloved, that the root of beloved is agape. So, he's, he's, being, he's calling the, the people in general agape, the ones who are loved sacrificially. Let us love who? Does it say love the world? No. It says love one another. Now the challenge with this is what? This love is not the love we normally think of when we talk about or think about love. That's why we showed the video. Because the world, this concept of a hero has morphed over time. If you go back to the old adage of hero and where the word actually came from. It came from this, this old ancient culture from the Greeks and Romans and, and their heroes always won. Hercules won. He passed a different test. He, he won. But, but nowadays something that came from the West after Christianity, something changed about our heroes. Now our heroes give their lives sacrificially. And do you know where that thought came from? Christianity. 
For the hero to die, that's not a hero. You died. But, but Jesus died for us. He, he took the pain for us. He, he took our place. And because of his selfless act, his agape, we now have an opportunity to live forever. Here, it says, Beloved, let us love who? One another. For love is of God. Now, this type of love comes from God himself. Now, the interesting thing about this love is what? Is that it is not necessarily how you feel. This is not a, when Jesus went to the cross, how do you think he woke up that morning saying, this is the day I'm going to cross. This is the day. This is the day that the, he wasn't like that. What was he doing? Lord, if there's another way, let this cup pass by, right? But he, he showed an act of love, agape love. When you really think about it, agape is really doing what you don't want to do. The problem is our culture is, oh, I'm passionate about this, and because I'm passionate, I'll do it. That ain't agape. Agape is something you literally don't want to do, but you do it anyway because that's what God does. God loves us even at our worst. His love is constant. It says, and everyone who loves agape is born of God and knows God. That's one of the most powerful statements in the scripture. Everybody who loves this way is born again. What is the evidence you're born again? You love this way, agape. And if you love this way, you know God. Let us love one another. For every for love is of God, and everyone who loves agape is born of God. So what it's saying is only people who are born of God can agape. That's what it's saying. These are my words. This is what the Bible says. And knows God. And everybody knows to know God is to have what? Eternal life. So everything we believe in eternity is based upon this fact. Can we love like God loves? Can you turn that clock around facing toward me? Because I don't even know what it's saying. Okay, see, I thought I had like another hour, right? (laughs) All right, verse 8. He who does not love, what does it say? These are not the words of Anthony. Don't look at me with that tone. I'm just trying to say what the Bible says. Does not know God. He said, if you don't agape, when I played for the Vikings a long, long time ago, you know how people knew I played for the Vikings? So I ran on the field. I had a what? A jersey and a helmet. What color was it? Purple. That was a trick question here. That was real. So I was out on the field with a purple jersey. And I have a number. My number was 32. My name on it. Like all that meant me. And I'm running around hitting and tackling the an announcer calling my name. And Chris Berman calling me smallmouth bass. Right? I was a Viking player. <laughs> Y'all laugh too much with that one right there. (laughs) But look at this. When you're a Christian, do you know what your jersey is? Your helmet? 
The name on the back of your jersey? He who does not love, does not know God, does not play for the Vikings, does not play for the, the church. You're on the Packers. <laughs> Maybe the Lions. I don't know. Oh, I'm going crazy now, right? <laughs> We're going to go to the Bears. But this is the most important part. For what? For God is agape. God is agape. That's his nature. God is loving us even if he doesn't feel like it because that's who he is. And if we are his children, that same nature of love resides in our bodies, in our souls, in our spirit. And that same love has an opportunity to display itself consistently in the Christian community. Have you ever had a challenge with your husband or wife? Or your brother or sister in Christ? God is love. We get opportunities all the time. We don't call them challenges anymore, crisis. Now in today's culture, we say opportunity. We have an opportunity to display God's love. You mad at your spouse? You have an opportunity to display God's love. Oh, I'm talking to you. I'm talking. There's not a lot of people here today, but I'm going to talk to you. You have an opportunity to display. You mad at your brother and sister in Christ? You have an opportunity to display the love of God. There, there is no out here, you all. Like, literally, when it's good, you're not going to get mad or leave. And when it's bad, you have to agape. So what choice do you have? There's really none. Agape. Go on. It says, in this, this is the display of Agape. The love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. This is the example of agape. When God sent Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, when Jesus Christ even came to the earth, that was agape. God didn't want Jesus to suffer, but he had to. He suffered on the cross. It goes on to say, in this is agape. Not that we love God, and I love this, this is the quality of agape, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I love when the pastors back today used to say propitiation. It sounded spiritual, right? <laughs> but listen to this. What's the quality of God's love? That when we were God's enemy, when we were angry with God, when we were intentionally trying to hurt God, do you know what he did for us? He sent Jesus. Imagine someone is intentionally trying to hurt you, but yet you still agape them. You show love. That, that's, what, that's what God did. Like we as a people were intentionally his enemy. We were angry and we thought in our brain we were justified having this anger toward God. But even still, he showed us love. Let me get to this hard word. Oh, go back, please. Go back one. He loved us and sent his son to, the, to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation is like, it's a covering. It's an atonement. But this is the best way I'll explain it. We, should, we saw all these heroes in that video before, right? All those superheroes that were, that were dying, sacrificing their lives. Remember those video, the video? The moment they stepped in front of the arrows, 
the moment Iron Man took the little missile, nuclear bomb, and went up into the sky, like the moment they sacrificed themselves, as soon as the, the arrows hit the guy, as soon as they were getting, in a sense, torn apart, sacrificed their life, that moment, that was the propitiation. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. God's wrath is and was and will come to a corrupt humanity. God punished Jesus Christ so we didn't have to be punished. He stepped in front of the bullet. He stepped in front of the arrows. He stepped in front of the train. He stepped in front of the bus. And he took the punishment for us so we did not have to. That's what propitiation means. He died so that we could live. And the moment he took the pain, the punishment, he became our propitiation. Propitiation. Next slide, please. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Now, he has given us the formula and the contents on how we should love one another. Is it saying to love one another only when things are good? When you're getting your way? Is it saying to love one another when, when the sun is shining bright? You know what it's trying to say? It just gave you the context. When stuff is the worst, you have an opportunity to love your brother and sister in Christ. You have an opportunity to love your spouse. You have an opportunity to love the person who's intentionally trying to hurt you. That's agape. Are you all still at least with me? It says, no one has seen God at any time. These, these false teachers had said they had seen God. It said, if we, if we love one another, God abides in us. And his, his love has been perfected in us. Now, what it's trying to say there is, there are people who say they love God with all their heart, but they don't love who? Their brother and sister in Christ who they know. You claim to love a God that you what? Don't see. But you have problems loving the people who you do see. And the scripture's saying, we know that you love God based upon how you love the people you do see. Not based upon how you say you love the God you don't see. It's the jersey. You look for that in people. We look for opportunities. Oh, how are you? Where are you at in your walk with God? Situation comes up. We're like, oh, that's where you are. Okay, we'll pray for you. This is not my word. This is John's words. It says, no one has seen God at any time. But you know how we see God? We see agape display. By this, 13, we know that we abide in him. How do we know we abide in him? And he in us because he has given us his spirit. This agape does not come from our own strength, our own power, our own will. It comes from the Holy Spirit. There's been times when I've been done horribly wrong. And it justifiably, I could say, you know what? You did me wrong and you deserve, as we talked about last week, you deserve to be hurt just as bad as you hurt me. And you know how we do. When somebody hurts us, we try to hurt them excessively. Like they, they step on our finger, we're going to step on their leg. 
Because we, we want them to feel all the pain that we feel. Who do you think you are? In that moment when you're like, that's when the Holy Spirit's like, let me, let me out. This is my time to shine. And we like, oh, no, you, oh, no, no, Holy Spirit, not now. I'm on revenge, revenge. What was the movie was that where he said revenge? I don't know, one of those cartoons. This is my time. But when we abide in him and he in us, we know because he's given us the Holy Spirit, and that is the evidence that we are walking with God or seed. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So he's going on. He said, yes, this love is important. But also these other things are important as well. The fact that you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The fact that you abide in God. Remember John chapter 15. If, if you abide in the vine, then what? You're, you're, you're still with Christ. You have to remain in him. And that's how we talk about the disciplines. We, we know how you're doing with Christ. We know how. We know your devotional life. We know your prayer life. We can see that. We know how you are walking with God based upon your response to trials. That's what we're looking at. How are you doing? Next slide, please. It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Once again, God is what? Agape. And he who abides in agape abides in God and God in him. I like this. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. This is the important scripture. Why? Because judgment day is coming. Now, I grew up in the, in the tradition where they said, oh, you're a Christian, you're going to be judged at the either Bema seat or the white throne. Like, okay, understand what this is saying right here. He said judgment day is coming. And, and what's going to happen for you is that because you're able to love this way now, you'll have confidence in the future to stand in front of Jesus boldly. It's not saying that you won't be judged. It's saying judgment is coming even for Christians. And in the trials and tribulations of life, we can judge and see how we are in our walk with God based upon our responses to challenges and trials. And we know that when we are able to reveal and express agape in our lives, we're okay because we got the right jersey on. But when agape ain't coming out, it's time for us to reflect, to look at our hearts, to do a self-check. It goes on to say, um, love has been perfected in us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. As Jesus is right now, revealing and showing agape as he did when he was on earth, we're doing the same things. Therefore, we don't have to be worried. Last verse 18, uh, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves what? Torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And I always wrestle with it and I realize what is taught and talk about is the day of judgment. The judgment day is coming for us all. And as a result... We don't have to have fear because our love has been perfected. And when we see this agape being produced in our life like fruit, we can have confidence knowing that in the day of judgment, we're okay. 
That's what this is. Judgment day is coming. And our confidence is the fact not that we have the Holy Spirit, that we confess Jesus as Lord, but is that this agape is being revealed through our lives during difficult situations. Next slide. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. You know what the word hate means? It doesn't mean hate like you think hate. There's a scripture that says, if anyone does not hate his brother, his mother, his wife, his children, his brother, sister, more than he's not worthy, but that, that word hate just means like less than. So what it's saying here is, if anyone likes less than agape, does that make sense? If someone says, I agape God, and hates his brother, or likes less than agape, his brother or sister, he or she is a liar. For he or she does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has what? Not seen. This is a very high standard. It's saying agape is the standard. Not tongues. Not your memory of the scripture. Not the color of your car, the size of your house. Not the health that you're walking around in or not. Agape. And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. Got a couple of points and we're done for the day. Point one, John was highlighting that the overwhelming love of God is available to every believer to love the rest of the body of Christ. Don't you know the Bible says, do you know how the world will know we're Jesus' disciples? When we love one another. Not when miracles come. Not when the church gets a thousand members. But when we agape one another. Next slide, please. Well, we need to know this so we understand what God's expectation is for us. There was a video on SportsCenter a couple of weeks ago where a guy, uh, it was actually a Minnesota Timberwolves player, Andrew Wiggins. He came to the game. He didn't have a jersey on. He couldn't even get in the game because he didn't have a, a jersey on. He had his warm-up on but didn't have his jersey. Now, everybody had an expectation on Andrew Wiggins. Forget the fact that he's getting paid $180 million. We don't worry about that. That don't mean anything. But the fact that he didn't have his jersey on under his warm-up, like people had a problem. There was an expectation, at least you're going to have your jersey on. God's expectation for us is that at least we have our jersey on. At least you need your jersey on. Can't get in the game without your jersey. Next slide. Agape your church family like God loved the world. There should be displays of agape popping off everywhere. That's how God's judging us. Is agape growing in your life? Is it being revealed? And if you ask yourself, why do I keep getting these bad situations? Why are people always taking advantage of me, using me? Why are people hurting me, saying those things? Why are people being mean to me? Do you know why? Because God's trying to see if you have your jersey on. Stop it, Pastor. Next slide, please. Why? Because of God's desire for you. It's God's will. Understand, I prepared these messages how long ago? Two and a half years ago. So if you think I'm talking about you, I am. But not intentionally. It's just this was done a couple years ago. 
If God is talking to you now, all I'm saying is just make sure you have your jersey on. Because it's God's desire for you. Next slide. God loved you extravagantly so that you can love others extravagantly. And I know it's hard, right, loving that way because you're like, I'm going to get hurt. Yes, you're going to get hurt. And this is one of the best sermons I ever been able to talk about a long time ago. I preached it. And I was talking about being hurt. And everybody was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to just let yourself get hurt? And I'm like, yes, well, how could you do that? And I said, because I know God can heal me. He can heal me after I've been hurt. I trust him that much. No way I'm going to let somebody hurt me. Do you have your jersey on? Next slide. Remember, God's love is not supposed to end with you. You are just a conduit for God's love. People need God's love. They need agape. Your spouse needs agape. We all need grace and mercy, but we need love. And you are God's conduit on this planet. This is invisible reality we're talking about that's more real than this world, that everybody's going to. We're all going to pass away, and then we're going to open our eyes into reality. But while we're here on this planet, are we conduits, vessels of agape? Can I pray for you? Father God, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to preach your word, to talk about love, Lord. And I know, Lord God, the enemy was working really hard this morning to try to stop whatever it is that was communicated today, Lord. But I thank you, Lord God, for those people who showed up, for those who, who didn't like what they hear or wanted to walk out. I thank you, Father God, for those people, Lord God, who realized that you were talking to them. I thank you, Father God, for those people who heard your word, Lord God. But even though some of them may have been afraid to, to receive it, they, some of them, Lord God, listened. I pray for those people who just said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to listen. I'm hard my heart. I pray for them, Father God, that they, they hear your word. I pray for those people who watch it online, Father God, or who will watch a sermon on TV, Father God, that wherever they are in their life, Father God, that they, they not shut their heart to agape, but they allow themselves to be used for your greater glory. Lord, I pray that we get loved just like you loved. It's not hard. It just takes everything we have. I pray, Lord God, for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If there's anyone here today that you need to come back to Jesus Christ, you stray from him, we're going to give you an opportunity this morning to come back to him. If there's someone here today and you've strayed from God and you want to come back home, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, just raise your hand and put it down real quickly and we'll pray for you. Is there one? Amen. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. And it's why I see.